Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I lie awake and I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. My enemies reproach me all day long. Those who deride me swear an oath against me. For I've eaten ashes like a like bread. Thank you, Jesus. My enemies reproach me all day long. We're in Psalm 102, verse 8, if you'd like to follow along. Those who deride me swear an oath against me. For I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of your indignation and your wrath. For you have lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a shadow that lengthens and I wither away like grass. It's a cry of somebody who is under tremendous distress physically, mentally, spiritually. And he's wondering what's happening to him. He's shut away and withering away. And he says, Lord, your hand must be against me. All this is happening to me. But then the faith that God has put in the heart. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever in the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and may and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come for his servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. For the nation shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. Faith rises. That Lord, everything is against us, but you set the call upon your name. And God won't turn away the prayer of those who are desperately seeking him. Though the enemy rages, and though he brings and puts doubts, we're called to look to the Lord. He is our only deliverer. This will be written for the generation to come, verse 18 of Psalm 102, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. For he looked down from the height of the sanctuary. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord, God's city, Zion. 
in his praise in Jerusalem. When the peoples are gathered together in the kingdoms to serve the Lord. He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. I said, oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak, you will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. The children of your servants will continue, and their descendants will be established before you. <clears throat> Great suffering. But now, the faith in this next Psalm of David, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Thank you, Jesus. You, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive, nor will He keep forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Blessed be God's name. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. What a great salvation. What a great forgiveness God has given us. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As the Father pities His children, has compassion, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. To be in the fear of the Lord is to be broken. To be in the fear of the Lord is to understand and acknowledge that God is in control of my life, not only to deliver me. It's very wonderful for us to take God as our deliverer but also that He's the one who rules my life. Everything I do must be approved by Him. Everything. And then I can take confidence that He will have compassion in directing my steps. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, His days are like grass. As a flower of the field so he flourishes. We heard about this in the recent message. 
for the wind passes over it and it is gone. This place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Again, on those who fear Him. How important, no wonder, the Lord has us teach and preach and emphasize over and over again because we need it. We all need to be reminded. We can get a distorted view and understanding of the fear of God with all of the things that we're used to hearing and mingling with in the Christian world. On those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children. If we want our families and our generation to be blessed, all we have to do is fear the Lord. To fear the Lord means not only to be in awe of Him, of His greatness, but to submit ourselves to every word He's spoken. If we need to, to have a complete overhaul, complete overhaul of everything, and purging is one stage, pruning is another. Purging is to get the bad out. We may have to go repeatedly to the Lord, because there's so many things. Search me, O Lord, See if there be any wicked way in me. To get that out, let the Lord cleanse us. It's written that He can cleanse us more than any launderer's soap. He can make us white and clean, but only He can take all the dirt off. And then He wants to make us who are barren spiritually to bear fruit. And when we begin to bear fruit, he sees that we're beginning to be faithful. He wants to do more. Hallelujah. To him that has, much more will be given. God himself will come with the pruning scissors. Because his desire is that we delight him in everything we do. And he will make us bear more good fruit. Who? Psalm 103 verse 18. I have this highlighted to such in my Bible to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do that. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord you his angels who excel in strength who do his word heeding the voice of his word. The angels, who are these angels? You have descriptions, names such as seraphim and cherubim. We know a little more about the cherubims than the seraphims from the scriptures. The cherubims are there in the Ark of the Covenant. The model that God gave to Moses, the pattern. But they're living creatures in heaven also. The seraphim are those in Isaiah 6. And they're flying so close to the living God God who is a consuming fire, 
whose glory is absolutely awesome and Isaiah saw seraphim with six wings six wings two of them they used to cover their face because they're right there before the Lord of the universe and his glory too awesome to understand they're covering their face faces two of the wings they're covering their feet they're in his holy presence with the two wings they're flying they cried to one another and they said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory these seraphim are actually known as the original word is fiery serpent or a brown or copper kind of color they're not serpents these seraphims are seraph the angels there the reason I'm going into this explanation is because when we think about angels we think about art many times we think about the exposure we've had over the years even in the Christian world we've seen many depictions of angels we know angels came to Abraham in the heat of the day by the tents of Mamre they came as the form of men and they went into Sodom and Gomorrah as the form of men in the form of men angel appeared to Samson's parents sometimes part of their glory is seen sometimes it's concealed they are not men but there are various different types of these heavenly beings so we can read bless the Lord you his angels but who are these people these creatures I should say we need to know how they're awesome looking themselves because they're coming from the presence of God yet before the Lord they're completely at a loss to comprehend his eternal majesty and who are we that's the point these seraphims the word again as I mentioned is the word for fiery serpent these are the type of serpents that in the book of Numbers they came and bit the people they died because of transgression but this word here is used to show how they are in a particular color perhaps even burning with fire so awesome and these creatures are covering their faces covering their feet and they're crying holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of glory what this says to me is that I have to be careful 
to keep God's commandments. You see, Psalm 103, verse 20, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. Awesome creatures. Their faces look like lightning sometimes. People, even the holiest men on earth, sometimes they fell down before them and they were trembling. Daniel couldn't even get up. This great man of God, powerful man, fearless man, full of the Spirit of God, was on his hands and feet, on knees. Other times they fell down in the presence of these angels. Different angels. And prominently Gabriel. But you see this other seraphims. Why did God put this here? To show us who he is in measure. And to show us who we are. And how if the Lord says, Bless the Lord you, his angels who excel in strength. This strength is not physical brute strength. It's awesome strength to the point where in Revelation, one of the angels is standing in the midst of the sun with millions of degrees. How awesome. The Lord is saying, bless the Lord, use angels who excel in strength. Who? Do His word. Heeding the voice of his word. What is God saying to us? Fear him. Do what he says. Period. Bless the Lord, all you, his hosts, you, servants, ministers of his who do, again, his pleasure or good pleasure or his will. There's no way anybody can claim to fear God unless they do His will. Keep His commandments. God has outlined exactly what it means and how we can know we fear the Lord and we will get all the blessings even to our children's children. God will change everything. There will be, where there was curse, there will be blessing. Where there was death, there will be life. Where there was darkness, light will come into our generation. Where there was hell-bound paths, God will reverse that. Be heaven bound. Hallelujah. Yes, it's through the blood of the Lamb which makes us tremble that He would love us so much to give His own blood. How costly. How priceless. And can we do anything else except to live for Him? That's all. All servants of God. All His army. The other day, I believe when I was praying, I was sharing from Revelation. The armies of God, saints clothed in fine linen, on white horses behind the chief shepherd, the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, on his white horse, coming to put down all enemies and to reign victoriously. We are going to be on horses behind the Lord, if we're worthy, not ordinary horses, heavenly horses, creatures. Because the army is a clean army, holy army. But how do we get there? Bless the Lord. I can sing praise, I can worship, 
And he keeps adding this, who do his will, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of dominion. This morning, this Saturday morning, 6.25 local time, wherever you are, whatever time it is, God is reminding us, day and night may come and go. One day there will be no more night. And the people who will be of the day will be people whose hands will be full of righteousness, no more darkness, doing God's good pleasure. No more affiliation with that which God hates, no more. Completely cut off. Say, my God, I want to bless your name. I want to have holy hands to lift up. My heart, my mouth, my lips, and my tongue. I must be sanctified. Would you touch me, Lord? I need a greater awakening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Who can dwell with everlasting burnings? Who can dwell with everlasting burnings? What does that mean? It's not talking about hell. Because God is a consuming fire doesn't mean that he comes to destroy people only. But he's a righteous God. He will destroy wickedness wherever he sees it. Because he's a good God. That's why. But there are people who will dwell with him who is a consuming fire. Not only without getting burned, but we will be made more and more beautiful by his holy presence. Because Fire also has to do with holiness. It purges. It cleanses. Isaiah 33. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will. Isaiah 33. Verse 14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Fire. Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? There's a sense in which God's presence, His righteousness, His word will consume all that is evil. But those who are righteous need not be afraid. Because the same fire will highlight their worthiness to stand before God. In the New Living Translation, it's written, The sinners in Jerusalem shake with fear. Terror seizes the godless. These are people of God. People who God has rescued and established who are still dabbling in sin. They'll have terror. And they'll cry, Who can live with this devouring fire? Who can survive this all-consuming fire? The answer is, those who are honest and fair who refuse to profit by fraud who stay far away from bribes who refuse to listen to those who plot murder who shut their eyes to all enticement to do 
wrong. We look at that list. We may say, well, I don't listen to anyone who plots to murder anybody. That's something I don't want to do. Or it may be possible there are people of God who do listen to plots of murder and they don't feel anything because they're not right. They're actively engaged in evil. It may be to tear down somebody else's name. Not physical murder. But the context here is there's a lot of bloodshed going on, physical murder also. Someone may say, well, I don't take bribes or ask for bribes. Money can't buy me and I refuse to buy anyone or anything to enhance myself by fraud. These are very particular things God has put in the scriptures. In the New Testament we see that too. Because God wants us to check. We may say, I don't do these things. I don't seek to make gain by fraud. I gave that up if I ever did it before. And I don't participate in plotting murder or listen to people scheme to kill someone. But do we shut our eyes from seeing evil? Do we refuse to partake in anything that is wrong? Anything. Evil is wrong. Do we shut our eyes and say, I want no part of this? Those are the people who will dwell with everlasting burnings. Who can endure the fire. He will dwell on high. Who? Verse 15, the one who walks righteously. That means the one who does what is right, not in one's own sight, but in God's sight. And speaks uprightly. He will dwell on high. Just like Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or evil people. I refuse to hear the counsel from evil people. If they're against God, I don't want to hear any of it. Blessed is that person. That person is happy. Has the favor of God. Who doesn't stand in the way of sinners. They don't fellowship or spend time with people who are against God. They don't fellowship with them. And they won't sit in the seat of people who mock God and the right things. There's a clear separation. Then it's written, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So there's a negative and a positive. We see that here. God says not only he who walks righteously and upright, speaks uprightly, he will dwell on high. He has a whole section in verse 15. He says, the person who is not a money lover. The person who doesn't scheme. The person who doesn't shed blood and participate in hearing those things. 
the person who completely shuts out any form of evil whatsoever. Does the New Testament say that? The Spirit of God is recorded. Shun even the very appearance of evil. How loose we can be with the commandments of God. If we're not careful to read every word of God and fear Him and keep ensuring and checking if we're really fearing the Lord, then we will prosper. We'll be able to stand before the Lord, endure the fire. And notice, it says, His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. That means God Himself will keep us impenetrable by the schemes of the devil to topple us from our position in Christ. We'll be attacked as long as we're in this world. But none of those things will ultimately harm us. None of those things will take us away from God. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall famine, sword, peril, nakedness, no power anywhere can separate us from the love of Christ. Our defense will be like the fortress of rocks. It will be the fortress of rocks, the rock Jesus Christ. And, listen, bread will be given him. His water will be sure. The basic necessities and the bountiful blessings of God. Hallelujah. What a blessing God has put right here in Isaiah 33. As we have read Isaiah 6, I've quoted some verses from the New Testament, Ephesians. Psalm 100, Psalm 101, 102 and 3. Now Isaiah 33. How important it is for us. The great revivals. Men used to come into towns by horseback. A single preacher. You know what time? Five in the morning. People are just getting up. They may be out there washing their faces by the lake or carrying pitchers of water. Countrysides in England, United States. Five o'clock in the morning, the preacher show up. Five o'clock in the morning, on his horse. And often, nobody will pay attention. But the man will keep preaching. The one person will stop. And the Spirit of God begin to convict that person. And pretty soon, 20, 30, 40, hundreds of people as the man keeps coming morning after morning at 5 a.m. on his horse to give the gospel. And the people are struggling to make ends meet. They have to work all day, late into the evening, from early morning. This man's coming here preaching about a pie in the sky, some heavenly stuff. They want to know where they can get more money. be able to afford the bare necessities. Spirit of God grips their hearts. Not unlike when the crowd came and Jesus preached 
for a few days they didn't even go anywhere they didn't even care about food as much because the Holy Spirit was drawing them it didn't matter what time great awakening had occurred so the message is preached and people are convicted my point is do we have such an understanding of the word of God and love for God and his word we may be wanting to worship but if we're not able to hold our horses so to speak when God is speaking or he's prompting you to pick up the book and read and we say Lord I want to worship now then there's a problem because the worship must be grounded in God's revelation of who he is and what he expects of us otherwise the worship won't be proper many times God will speak the word to get us sober and back on point so worship can be acceptable otherwise we can go on worshiping thinking that it's acceptable when it's not same thing with prayer you may want to pray all geared up ready to pray if God should speak if we don't say my God it's your word that which is rare in many places many times God speak to me I need your word to live if we can't stop and hold our horses and say Lord I need to listen to what you're saying then something's wrong but blessed are the people that are able to understand whenever God speaks many times he will prompt us many of us know that you'll know clearly God says I don't want you to pray now would God ever say that? he did he said that to Joshua he fell on his face to get up Moses tried to pray one time he said why are you praying? go turn around lift up your arm lift up that rod there are times when God will say I want you to do this now at that time the devil will make us feel religious the Lord will say you need this now so that your prayers can be proper and effective what is it? God's word, his command he's a specific thing, he speaks to our spirit are we sensitive to the Holy Spirit? and do we say Lord I'm going to get this horse under control again the analogy of the horse comes to mind what is a horse? it's a beast that is so massive usually compared to human beings in muscle I'm so powerful and our bodies and our souls the soulish part of us that is the part of our human emotions human thinking that must be held in check anytime the master says stop so he says don't be like the horse or the mule who must be held in with bit and bridle to have some pain by the person who holds the reins before it can do what it's supposed to this is not to weigh us down I don't take it like that at all when I read the scriptures or hear it preached it's to sober us to say do I have control of my body and my soul 
where the spirit man is actively listening and awake. When God says, I want you to listen to the word, that's not the time I want to pray. That's not the time I want to worship. I made a decision, Lord, whatever you want, that's the right thing to do. So these people, countrysides, it got to thousands of people. And huge conversions happened. That is, they were converted from not religion to religion, from going to hell, not going to heaven. All kinds of things happened in society. Because one man came on horseback at 5 o'clock in the morning, commissioned by God, filled with the Holy Spirit. And usually, he was pelted with rotten tomatoes, with eggs, with rocks. And the power of God sustained them protected him. Pretty soon the enemies came and they surrendered to the Lord. This is the power of God's word to change human nature. For us as believers, God wants us to be holy. He wants us to fear him. We must never lose sight of that. Never allow any religious feeling to crowd that out because that will mean our doom. But if we keep that fresh, the fear of the Lord, what does it mean? Excel in strength, these angels, these holy creatures, fiery or fiery creatures, in the presence of God, what are they doing? Obeying His voice. These servants of God on earth, children of God, what are they supposed to be doing? Keep His commandments. All the armies of God, what are they supposed to be doing? All works in all creation, what are they supposed to be doing? As God gave Pascal with a song, who can resist your command? Who can say no to your command? That's the divine order. When we come to God and we say, Lord, rule my life. Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've been thinking. There's a way in which we may not say the wrong word or do the wrong thing, but we think the wrong thing and the seed is there. God says, I want to take all the poison off. I want to give you my spirit and I want to make you pure so that your thoughts are pure. Do we long for that? We may be very aware of our failures. Many times we may not confess to one another. Many times we may not even confess to God, but it's running the background that I'm not up to par over here. I know I should be doing better or more over here. God told me to, but I haven't gotten around to it. And that voice may become a still voice like Elijah heard after all of the dramatic noises and display of power on that holy mount of God. Then there's a still small voice. Oh, we need to hear that still small voice. What a glorious day when we can say, I'm able to hear the Lord. But that's just the beginning I'm able to get myself in check I'm able to take the reins of my heart and my thoughts and pull it back hard if I have to to make that that bit really pinch that mouth of the soul and the body to say stop it right now you want to go in a different direction from what God, God has I'm not going to allow it 
Who's that? The spirit man on the inside. With the help of the Holy Spirit. You know what that'll do? It'll keep us on track right to the finish line to win the prize. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through the affliction, God gives word. His word. We have to say, Lord, the enemy is raging, but I want to do what you say. And in doing what you say, hallelujah, my relief will come. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm aware of the tactics of Satan. And the word of God that comes out of the mouth of God will slay the dragon. Hallelujah. The Lord will confirm his word with signs and wonders. Do we believe that? That's the truth. If God has spoken this morning from his word, then his signs and wonders will follow no matter how the enemy is raging. Because we're in the presence of God. That faith and the holy fear of God and the fruit bearing that God has for us We'll rejoice in Him. And we will not be defeated. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus' word. Father in heaven, I thank you. With loving kindness, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your holy word. I need your word to live, Lord. I need your word 24-7. To live the abundant life. Father, I thank you for purging us and pruning us. I thank you, Lord. You want each of us to be honorable vessels in your hands. Instruments that are shining, Lord. Sharp in your hands. To cut down the lies of Satan. Oh, Father, I thank you for your precious word that informs us exactly how we can have power with you and how we need to remember Daniel trembled, Moses trembled exceedingly, these holy men of God, Lord, who we can think we can't even come close to, to the way they lived. And yet you call us to be like them as they followed Christ and be even better if there was any lapse of judgment in their lives even for a second because our ultimate model is the Lord Jesus Christ you are the God that says be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect and God is love and whoever loves is born of God and knows God may your perfect love Lord melt all our sorrows away oh Jesus all of our failures away, Lord. And may the perfect love wash our eyes so we can see clearly how God is calling us to go higher with Him. To probe deeper into our hearts. So that every closet can be opened. All the skeletons can be brought out. The whole place inside can be clean, not only swept and set in order, but in such 
position that the chief caste, the Lord Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, God, the chief caste, may dwell in us. Father, I pray for your healing hand upon your people. Oh my God, you know the fire we've gone through. The fire that rages even now. But our hope is in the living God who cannot lie. You said your waters will not fail. The bread you cast on the waters after many days you will find. Bread shall be given him and water as we read in your holy word in Isaiah 33. That is us early, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help each one of us to know you more intimately, Lord. To not waste any experience, any trial, anything, Lord, in our lives. Not to waste those experiences, failing to draw even closer to you through them. But to come out, Lord, victorious because of the mercy of God. And I thank you, Lord, you cover all our failures with your blood. And we simply come and say, Lord, I need a deeper work in me. Help me. Help me to contribute to this body of Christ and to the body of Christ in heaven and on earth by being loving like Jesus, just like my Savior, being faithful like my Lord, being holy. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Stretch forth your hands, Lord, and heal everyone who needs healing and deliverance. Bring calm and peace. Oh, my Father. Oh, my Father. Bring calmness. Holy, 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 Lord God. Curse every work of darkness that's come against your people, Lord. I subdue the spirits of darkness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Under the feet of the Lord, you always are, devil. And under the feet of God's people, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Spirit of God, bring calmness, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for everyone who's suffering, Lord. Heal them, Lord, I pray. Heal them, Lord. Stretch forth your hands and heal them, Lord. I pray for tomorrow's service, Lord. May a mighty hand be upon us. Lord, just like you did. And you keep doing. I need you. We need you, Lord. Not just for deliverance from our situations. We need you because there's no other life apart from you. We need you because we have no meaning whatsoever apart from your presence. No meaning whatsoever. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord, and I thank you, my Father. Oh, Father, may your presence be upon your people. Your good hand be upon them, Lord. As you pray in holiness and the fear of the Lord, in faith and in joy, believe in God against what we see, against what we feel. Thank you, Lord. You are victorious. Hallelujah. There's none like you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bind us together, Lord, with your cords of love. With the army of God. It's an army of love and holiness and faith. And we go following you, Lord, wherever you go. We may be where you are, always. I pray that you add souls to this church through all of the schemes of Satan to pull us apart and to destroy us. You not only make us stronger in the name of Jesus, Abba Father, but bring in new souls to add to the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name I thank you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.